0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ball is Not Life podcast. I'm your host, your co-host, and your favorite special guest, Ed Cottner Jr. And we're going to talk a lot about ball and just a little bit about life. Y'all know what time it is, baby. It's game time. Let's go. I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't take a moment to honor the late Kobe Bryant and the others that were lost in the tragic helicopter crash last year. It's kind of a somber way to start the episode, but as a basketball fan, as a father, um, I think this is something that I have to do. So what I'll do is You know, obviously we lost Kobe and Gigi Bryant. Um, Also on the helicopter that day were John, Carrie and Alyssa Altabelli. They were um, a father, wife and daughter trio. Um, Also Christina Mauser was on the flight and Ara Zabayan was the pilot of the flight. Oh, I'm sorry, also Sarah and Peyton Chester. Um, We know that these are people outside of the pilot that were associated with Kobe and um, the basketball team, and they were going to, I believe, a tournament. Um, And so all of the people involved were on a flight headed to a basketball tournament, and obviously the, the flight had a tragic end. As a basketball fan, watching Kobe do what Kobe did used to grind my gears. And I got to a point as I got older where I ultimately grew to respect Kobe and not just to respect Kobe's game, but respect, you know, what we now know as the Mamba mentality and respect the work that he put into it. And the way he really treated basketball like a craft and he really wanted to perfect that craft at all times. The way he demanded greatness from his teammates around him, from his coaches, um, I think it's something that we've only seen out of Michael Jordan at least that we know about. And I think Kobe was able to even take that maybe to the next level. Um, Off the court, you know, we got to watch Kobe for a brief five years just be the godfather to the Lukas, the Steph Currys, the LeBrons, the Jason Tatums. Watching him sit courtside to honor Vince Carter you know, and, and really just kind of hover around the game and still love the game for himself. But to really be able to share that with his daughter um was something that's special. I'm a father, my daughter's four years old. And so anytime I get to share any of my passions, be it this podcast, be it playing the trumpet or music and dance or sports. Anytime I get to share any of my passions with my daughter, it just warms my heart to listen to her say, daddy, I want to be just like you. Gigi was 13 years old and was at an age where she had made a decision that she did want to follow in her dad's footsteps. And so we all got to watch Kobe be a dad, a girl dad. Um, But not only that, we got to watch him be a basketball fan. He was a fan of his, his daughter and what they were doing at the Mamba Academy but he was also a fan of the NBA and really Kobe started to was, was in the process of just getting into giving back to the game, what the game gave him. He was starting to spread that greatness and pass that greatness down and pass not, not just the, the, the actual gameplay, right. But Kobe was starting to pass down that mindset to certain guys who reached out and said, Kobe, how do you, how teach me? And so we, we lost more than just, a former, you know, a Hall of Fame basketball player. We lost somebody who was giving back to the game, what the game gave him. We lost somebody who was reaching out to, you know, girls and his girls' team. We lost somebody who's a big proponent of the women's game and helping to push the women's game to the next level. Kobe's Kobe was wearing that WNBA hoodie before it was ever a cool thing to do. Sitting courtside at NBA games, wearing a WNBA hoodie with his daughter. Kobe believed in the WNBA and believed in the women's game. Um, and so, you know, again, as a father of a daughter, I look to people like that and I salute and respect people like that. Because I know that here in a few just a few years, I hope anyway, that my daughter will need that same support for me and from other dads to to really push the games forward, to push the women's game forward, be it basketball or any other sport. So I just want to start this episode with a moment to honor Kobe, to honor Gigi, the Altibellies, the Mauser family, the Chester family, the Zabian family. And just put that energy out there. A energy of gratitude and thanks. Um for what he did for the game of basketball, for what those others were contributing to the game of basketball by allowing their kids to play and participate, but also their roles at the Mamba Academy as coaches. The Altabelli family were, were, you know, was a family of baseball. John Altabelli was a baseball coach. Um, and so he was also giving back to the next generation. And so I just want to say thank you to all those those people, um we miss you. Kobe is, you know, I, we, we have GOAT conversations all the time. And as you get into this episode, there's another GOAT conversation involved. But as a man, as a father, I respected the hell out of Kobe Bryant. And so I just wanted to take a moment to remember Kobe and Gigi, and the others lost on that tragic day, on this tragic day last year. May you all rest in peace. And uh, yeah, we'll just take a moment before getting into this episode. What is up, people? It feels so good to be back. Welcome back to those of you who have been here before. If it's your first time, welcome to the Ball Is Not Life podcast. I am the host of this here great show. My name is Ed Cotner Jr. Uh, Like I said, man, I I cannot say enough how good it is to be back doing this again. I gave myself last week off, um, which I'm glad I did. It wasn't anything intentional. It wasn't anything behind it. I just needed a week off, wanted to refresh, get myself together, get my mind right. Um, Inauguration was going on, so I wanted to kind of get through those festivities and get through the political stuff and just get through that, man, just clear. Um, Had a dope therapy session. Y'all know I talk about my therapist a lot, so shout out to her. Um, so I'm back. We're waiting to get a few people here on the Facebook live thing. Thing. <laughs> it's authentic, so we're going to keep it. Um, let's see if we can get somebody to join. But in the meantime, like I said, man, uh, if this is your first time hearing this, you are about to experience someone so cold, man. <laughs> Shout out to Jay-Z. A lot of shit didn't happen. Super Bowl is set. What Super Bowl number is this? Somebody tell me what Super Bowl number this is. If you're on Facebook Live. What up, Tyler? If you still there, what's going on, fam? Um, I don't know what Super Bowl number this is, but it's set. And we got Pat Mahomes. And the Chiefs going up against the, the GOAT, Tom Brady? No? No GOAT? I We're going to have a discussion about that. Tom Brady in the Super Bowl again, number 10. Um, Something about him and LeBron are the only players to get to 10 championship appearances in the last 30 years of summer. I don't know. ESPN be making up stats, man. But – uh. We we gotta have this GOAT conversation about Tom Brady because his numbers yesterday was a little suspect out, you know, by the time the game was over. But we're gonna come back to that. Um, obviously, you know, the NBA is still kind of chugging along. Uh, we I wanna know if Miles Turner's having a, an all-star season. A part of me feels like he is. Part of me feels like, nah, he's just having a good couple of games. Um, so we gonna, we gonna dig into that a little bit and, and talk some Pacers and I won't say the meltdown that happened last night, but I think the NBA is officially in full swing and last night, at least from a Pacers perspective, um, last night was a big indicator of that, and then, um, <laughs> what I'm gonna talk about last, I'm gonna save, cause I'm excited to tell about that. So, uh, what's up if y'all here, I see Glenn shared this shout out to you, bro. I appreciate you. So, man, we, I'm just going to get into this thing without going too much into this. I saw a tweet last night, and I can't remember who tweeted. It was former, former former NFL player. And the tweet said, wins are not a QB stat. Now, I'm guessing that was some sort of fade, you know, jaded shot, you know, a little shaded shot of Tom Brady or whatever. But by the time the game was over last night, I felt the way. Because I'm sitting there talking to some people. We was on the Xbox. I said everybody's kind of watching the game more so than playing the, the Xbox. But the discussion was just like, man, is Brady the GOAT? And I think you have to say yes. The trouble I have, though, is we've always, at least my generation, I, I'm 35. So at least from my time growing up up until now, we've always discussed Jerry Rice being the greatest football player of all time. And I always wondered how could Jerry Rice be the greatest football player of all time if his position requires somebody to get him the ball? I understand the athleticism, I understand the ability to catch balls, I understand the work he put into that, the route running, the footwork, you know, the being able to get his hips open into the right to the right spots. But how in football, where you have eleven people on each side of the ball, a lot of defenses are zone schemes. If you run a blitz, that changes how the offense works. So 1 on 1, you do kind of we could talk about that, right? But I don't understand how you could have one one NFL player be the greatest player of all time. If you know me, you know that I don't believe that the NBA has I don't believe the NBA will ever have a greatest player of all time. I think the NBA goes in eras and generations. Um just because of the rule changes and the way the game changes, right? So, hey, what's good, KB? Are hey, you ready for PCB, bro? Um, so I I don't I don't know that the NBA will ever have one, but I really have a hard time with a GOAT discussion in the NFL. Um, I see Bill, you said Joe Montana was better. How? Cause I mean, in in one way or another. You have to acknowledge the fact that Tom Brady is going to a 10th Super Bowl. Man, that's a, that's damn near a quarter of my life, man. I've been watching this dude play for championships. And if he's not in the Super Bowl, he's in the AFC or now NFC championship game. So can he be the greatest quarterback? Like, again, the NFL, like, there's no one position. For some people, I feel like the answer is Yes. For other people, I feel like the answer is no. Put it like this. For some people, wins are a QB stat. For other QBs, losses is a QB stat. We talk about, and I and I'm speak, I'ma speak specifically about Jameis Winston briefly. Jameis Winston, if I'm not mistaken, led the NFL in passing yards last year, correct? Now, he's a one he's a fifty fifty guy. We know Jameis is going to throw you a touchdown. He's going to throw you some some bombs. He's going to get you right, right? But then Jameis is also going to throw you a pick. Now, will Jameis cost you a game? That depends. If the Packers somehow find a way, late in that game yesterday, if the Packers find a way to drive down the field, get a touchdown, take the lead, what does the conversation turn into? That's a big if. We don't have to stay there. Oh, it's just me. <laughs> we won't stay there. But I just have to know because that doesn't need somebody else. As a quarterback, you got to have guys blocking for you. As a running back, you got to have somebody hand you the ball and guys blocking for you. As a wide receiver, you can run up and down for 70 plays and you only get 10 targets. And out of them 10 targets, you got to catch six or seven a game. So I, I just don't know that you can have a GOAT. Now, R wins a QB stat. After a while, like Brady threw three picks, three for six, three were picks. So how are we so forgiving when it comes to his interceptions? And I saw, again, I get a lot of my stuff from Twitter just because you get a, a broad spectrum of answers and opinions and thoughts and ideas, right? So if Tom is throwing you, th- if, if Jameis throws you those, those same three picks, Tom finished last night with a 73.3 QB rating. yet by the end of the game, that was thrown away. If a Michael Vick or Russell Wilson or Pat Mahomes, if any other quarterback finishes with a 73.3 QB rating, first of all, your chances are pretty good that either you got a solid run game in defense or you just lost that game. That's what Lamar Jackson has done his whole career, is manage ball games. His over under, if you for you gamblers, his over under weekly is right at about 200 passing yards. Sometimes it's not even that. So if Lamar can get away with it and these guys can get away with having a 73.3, why? Like I don't understand how it's convenient for the you know the the conversation with Tom and how that same conversation doesn't apply to a Jameis Winston. We we gave Jameis a lot of hell last year, and Jameis is who he is. Do not get me wrong. But I have a hard time with destroying a player's reputation, on-field reputation anyway, when he doesn't have the same caliber of players around him. He didn't have a Gronk, although Gronk was used mainly as a blocking back. Cool. Mike Evans had his injuries and issues. He didn't have an Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown played a little bit, boom, 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 whatever. But he he didn't have the same team. And so I, I always wonder if Peyton, we say here as Colts fans, if Peyton Manning had the defense that Andrew Luck had, right, for more years in his career, if Peyton Manning had that Super Bowl championship defense for an extra four to five years, if Peyton Manning had, you know, the, the ifs, right, then what happens? But you could be here all day with this GOAT conversation because before Peyton won one, it was. Brady, 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 Peyton's the best quarterback. Brady's the GOAT. Cool. And then you threw Aaron Rodgers into the conversation. You throw Drew Brees into the conversation. And I've always questioned, well, how are Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees in the conversation? They really don't have chips like that. Aaron Rodgers ain't been to the Super Bowl like that. Right? He's been once, won once. Correct me if I'm wrong, Facebook. Aaron Rodgers got one championship. Drew Brees has one championship, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't understand the conversation pieces. I try to avoid ESPN and FSN and all the sports stuff because I know that a lot of what they put out there is for clicks, it's for ratings, it's what they do, right? So I want to just have some kind of an honest discussion about this because I just have a hard time I'm o- I'm okay saying Brady's the GOAT. Let me let me pause. Let me pause and back up a little bit. Tom Brady has to be the GOAT. Bill, you mentioned earlier that (laughs) Winston is hot trash. (laughs) Okay, fine. He is. That's not the point. Bill, you mentioned earlier about, about, um, about Joe Montana never losing a Super Bowl. But again, what does that mean? This isn't the NBA where we've watched LeBron score dinner 30 straight points and carry his team to a victory. I was at a Pacers game when LeBron scored a ridiculous amount of points when he played for the Cavs and nobody else on the Cavs scored more than 13 points in that particular game. That is greatness that you rarely ever get to see. Right? On any stage at any on any any field, right? But football can't operate like that. Tom Brady can't throw the ball to himself. Giselle told us that a few years ago, right? He can't throw it and catch it. So I we gotta, we at some point we gotta put the hate away, put the bias away, and start talking about this shit. Honestly, you gotta put Tom Brady up there. Who's better? You could you could say coaching. I was it was a system thing, it was coaching thing. Yeah, we know what Bruce Arians can do. You know, we know, you know, we know he's got a Scotty Miller who could kind of operate like a Julian Edelman. He's got all the things around him. Fine. At some point, that man has is going to his 10th Super Bowl. I hate to say it, and it doesn't hurt as much now because he's not in the AFC. It's kind of like LeBron going to the Lakers. It doesn't hurt as much to watch greatness when it's not kicking you in the teeth every, every year. Ten man, he's got six of them. I don't care who's responsible for making a big catch. You know, Reggie Wayne was responsible for getting Peyton there, right? You could easily argue that with the with the helmet catch or Joseph Adai running plays or Dan Clipko with his play. Joseph or Jeff Saturday recovering the fumble against the Patriots. Like you could, you could, if football, man, you could go so much circumstantial nonsense that it would drive you crazy. And again, you would never come to a conclusion. You because you can't. You can't. It's a different breed of football. They've taken the head out of the game. Guys aren't as reckless as they used, used to be. You know, the coaching, um, it, or not the coaching, but just the play calls and the holding and all that kind of stuff, man. I, I, I don't know. I'm not even going to say that. I, I didn't like the call at the end of last night's game, but it is what it is. It was an obvious call. The ref made the call. I don't ref anywhere near that level. I've I I know what that feels like. I that when man, it's tough. And I again, I always keep things at my level because of where I play and what I do. But man, it's it's tough. They had to make the call. He, they missed one for the Packers. I agree. But, you know, I I just don't I don't know that you could uh I don't think that decided the game. I think football games are too long. You got too many possessions, too many opportunities, so on and so forth. You could go on forever. Um, If if anything, the only thing that I'm upset about is the fact that the Buccaneers did not win a division. As soon as they signed Tom Brady, I went and placed a little bet down, thinking, bet, they're going to win a division. Cool. Never imagine this. So... I honestly thought the Packers would have won yesterday. Um, They beat themselves. You can't say they beat themselves. That's that's, that's not fair. I I try not to do that either. I don't know. Like I said, you could be here all damn day and night arguing about this. Who's the GOAT? Who's not the GOAT? Yada, yada, yada. Ultimately, you got to, you got to, you know, Buddy's over 40 years old and he's still finding a way to not only stay healthy, but he's damn effective on the field, man. You can't argue with success. At some point, the hate has to stop. It has to. So I uh I don't know. I, I still like the Chiefs um, to win that game. I didn't I didn't watch the Chiefs game last night. I felt pretty confident for one, but two. I took my old ass to bed. Um, I I like to wake up around four four thirty nowadays because I get up and go to the gym at five, um, and get some reading in. So I went to bed, but I'm not surprised at that result. Um, you know, I watched a little bit of it, and they were down, and I saw them come back, and it just there's I mean there's I don't I don't know that anybody's gonna stop them. Mahomes has. An extra week, two weeks to get healthy. Um, he still looked a little gimpy last night, but from the groin or hip or whatever it was from a few weeks ago. But I I just don't see anybody. I'm going to bet on the coin flip. And uh, in some way, shape or form, my money will probably be leaning towards the Chiefs. And I'm going to try to get that in early before the money throws a spread out of, you know, out of whack. But I think right now the over-under is about 56, I think. 56 and a half is what I saw earlier today. So I don't – I have a hard time seeing 60 points. I I just don't know that it's going to get that far. Um, I think they're going to air it out. But it I think this Super Bowl, it's going to be a shootout. You can't say Mahomes is overrated for the same reason you can't – you can or can't say that Brady's overrated. Um, and that's part of my that's part of what drives me nuts is how do we cheer Mahomes and his success and hate Brady? But I but ultimately it's gonna come down to if Mahomes wins this Super Bowl, he's gonna get the same hate going in the next year that Steph Curry got, that LeBron gets, you know, that Tom Brady gets. Aaron Rodgers to an extent gets it. He I think Aaron Rodgers gets a pass because of the discount double check. Um but uh, and again that's why i say man there's really no there's no goat um but mahomes can't be overrated cuz if you look at what mahomes has done compared to somebody like lamar jackson when when you talk about similar players and similar styles of play as far as running ability throwing ability um i'm taking mahomes all day so i i mm, mahomes super bowl mvp actually tyreek hill super bowl mvp Um, Chiefs win, you know, 38, 34 shootout game. Everybody's going to be watching, uh, man should be fun. So I don't know. Like I said, I just, I, this thing, man, I just get to kind of ramble on about the random thoughts that go in my head. And I try to, I try to have honest discussions about this stuff. And I just don't know sometimes where to go because these GOAT conversations, like I said with Tom Brady, it's not fair if you say no. If you just say no to Tom Brady being the GOAT, then there's a problem. I can't trust you as a fan. I can't trust you as a sports fan, never mind a Colts fan or whatever else because it's (laughs) – you have messed up my damn train of thought talking about 60 to 24. (laughs) Man, look, I'd be okay with that though. So Miles Turner, is he having an all-star season? How good is Miles Turner? Not only how good is Miles Turner, is Nate Bjorkren a candidate for coach of the year because of what he's gotten out of Miles Turner. Miles Turner has, I won't say taken his game to another level, but Miles is doing what I thought. I mean, if you know me you know I've been a Miles fan since that boy been here. And I just never believed that Nate was using him right. And I know that's something we, that's video game talk, right? Like you got to know how to use them. But Miles is not a traditional center. And not only that, Miles is a shooter. So to see Miles play, he had a crossover last night on I think Boucher, and I was just like, oh, okay, I see you. There's a level of comfort, and I've said this before, and confidence that comes from the coaching staff that you can see they've kind of given Miles a green light. They've given all these guys a green light, but Miles has—he has to be the defensive player of the year right now. You know, we—I shared the thing, um, the graphic last week, and it was like uh, there was Rudy Gobert, Anthony Davis, and Joel Embiid as 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 uh as defensive player to year candidates. And of course, Pacers fans were nuts, but just as a, like as a basketball fan, I think it's disrespectful to sit there and watch the work that miles is putting in on a nightly basis. This dude is not, it's not just a one-off game here, a one-off game there. My man is putting in work on a nightly basis. So you got to at some, again, it's like time. It's like the Tom Brady argument. Like, as a sports fan, you can't keep putting qualifiers on everything that happens. Well, he didn't play well against this team, or he didn't play well against that team. We all have teams that are going to get the best of us. MB may get the best of Miles. That's fine. You move Miles to guard somebody else because he's a better perimeter defender than Sabonis, you can work that kind of shit out. But I I get tired of, you know, and I'm not going to be here long, but I just want to know because I saw this a little bit, and I'm wondering, is he an all-star? How is he not in consideration, at least for a defensive player of the year, even if we don't put him at the all-star level? Because do we change all-star voting again? And instead of going front court, back court, do we say, let's let's put some value on the center position? Because every time you have every time you have a defensive player of the year, it's usually a center. So <laughs> hold on, hold on. Bill said, "Oh yeah, don't remind me. I was standing next to you when he swatted LeBron." I man, listen. We've seen it. I've been in that building too many times. This ain't no Pacers fan stuff, man. I've been in the building watching this boy grow, and so to see him finally reach this level of of comfort and confidence, like, nah, I'm playing. My hand broke. Cool. Wrap it up. I'm playing. So I I just uh. I, I don't know. Is he an All Star? Is he Defensive Player of the Year? Is he neither? How do we recognize Milster? Does he get any recognition? Because he doesn't rebound. But I actually did a little bit of a little bit of work and decided to pull up some stats. And while he doesn't rebound, oh Embiid, Gobert, and Davis, none of those guys have another seven footer next to them. Miles showed you last night I can get you 25 when I want to. Shut up, Chuck. (laughs) Miles showed you last night I can get you 25 when I want to. Miles was pulling up in the fourth quarter last night, or yesterday, I should say, just cashing out just because he damn near felt like it. Off the pass, off the dribble, to the cup, pump fake, layup, purling it, doing whatever he damn near, whatever he damn well pleased last night. That's got to be something. Somewhere along the line, um, you know, I think, and I, I let me let me stop. I will say this: the Pacers need to get another big man. Sabonis is playing a lot of minutes. Miles is playing a lot of minutes. I know we kind of got used to those guys. One one of those guys running with the second unit, it's gonna it's gonna hurt him in the long run. Goga is not that dude. I don't understand why Kevin Pritchard can't draft players. TJ Leaf was asked when OG Ananobi was sitting there. And I normally don't do that. But TJ Leaf was horrible. Goga doesn't look good. And they're stuck. Again, you're stuck with a first round commitment. I hope that after his, you know, that the first year, second year guaranteed as a rookie deal, I believe third and fourth year team options. Goga's got to go. It's only a million. It's only two million dollars for that third and fourth year. Probably don't pick that up. Use that little cap space combined with what what you got from Karis Levert. You know, at least the money that came from that deal. Go find you another center because it's just not going to work the way it is. Now, I will say. You don't do it now because they're not going to compete for a championship. So I don't think it's necessary to, to like make the move now, but they can't keep going like this. You're gonna run these guys into the ground. And I hate that this is gonna be a wasted season, but that's just where it is. So I don't um I, I don't I don't know where to go, you know, with that. I they they definitely have to get another big man though because these guys are playing a lot of minutes. Aaron Holiday is not playing well this season. I don't know what's wrong. Um, the green light has been on for all of them, and he is just not shooting the basketball very well. And that's going to have to be remedied somehow because T.J. McConnell can come in and give you energy, but he can't score for you. T.J. McConnell put the team on his back yesterday, him and Miles both, and damn got the job done. Um, so, I, you know, <sighs> mm. It's a long season. And, you know, like I said earlier at the at the open, the NBA is in that portion of the year, which is weird that they're kind of playing like it, even though it's been a shortened season. This is always that time of the year where NBA guys, NBA teams start to kind of suck. You get tired. You get into the all-star break. You know, injuries are starting to happen. You got rookies and young guys. They're starting to have to get minutes a little bit. The schedule's starting to tear on you. This is that time of year where you, you're looking forward to the all-star break, you know, because you know after the all-star break, most teams, at least the Pacers traditionally have a tough schedule in March. They end up having to go west at some point in March. Um, and then April, you're fighting against conference and division foes for those last few playoff spots. So This is that this is that time where you really got to dig in a little bit and just kind of get through. And it's not just a Pacers thing. Um, I think it's it's a league wide thing where guys are just starting to level out. COVID is still doing its thing. I literally just saw a tweet that I think Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are not traveling to Atlanta um, because of league protocols. Um, The Wizards played a game yesterday for the first time in a week, week and a half. So the NBA is still trying to figure out, you know, do we now just shut teams down for a week and say, you know what, enough is enough. Y'all in protocol, we're going to put the whole team in protocol for a week and a half until y'all get it together. Or do we try to get eight players and play these games? Again, they only released the front half of the schedule so that they could, you know, go forward and, and make up some of these games if need be. But I think on the whole, the nba is just starting to kind of crash a little bit um let me see i'm gonna pull this up i should have had this pulled up before but so the sixers are 12 and 5 i'm just gonna look at the east real quick cuz i i you know the pacers are sitting in fourth at 9 and 7 but there's no team they're what Two and a half games out of first place. So, same thing in the West. The eighth seed in the West is four games out, which is about average. But your teams from six through ten in the West, they're all sitting right at five hundred, or game or two within five hundred. So, this is just that time in the league, man, where the the, the team, the top teams, they start to show themselves. The bottom teams, they start to fall a little bit. So, oh, Jeremy Lamb. Hey, PM, I'm glad you man, hey, I did not expect Jeremy Lamb to do what he's doing. Even before the injury, I don't think he gave us this kind of energy. So, you know, kind of going back to the to the guys needing to break and and having a full season. And it is sad being a Patriots fan. Cause you can get mad about effort and plays and who we sign and don't sign, but damn it, we just don't get to stay healthy. Nobody imagined Karis Lavert coming here and, and going through what he's going through. Nobody imagined T.J. Warren going down in the first few games of the season. Shit is wild, bro. So I don't. We just get a bad a bad break, <laughs> like every year, man. Something Vicks. The anniversary of Vicks injury was like yesterday. We just get a shitty break. So I don't, um, like I said, oh, you know, overall, NBA is just going to do what it's going to do. It's just trudging along. You know, now you got all-star arguments. And I think Miles Turner should be in the all-star conversation, at least as a reserve. Um, you know, he's averaging, what, four or five blocks a game right now. Yeah, he's not rebounding like that, but he's got some bonus. neck. Like I told you before, you've, you've got the Twin Towers on this team. It's just a modern form of them. So you know, Miles obviously is a shooter. He can he's taking boys off the dribble this year. You know, Sabonis is just a force down there. He's starting to get a little whiny again, and that's why I think guys are just getting tired. You know, Sabonis had a bad day yesterday, but it's the constantly looking for fouls that I thought he was kind of over. It's kind of starting to show itself again. So, um, you know, NBA, NBA will go as it goes. End of the year lebron or somebody to get the mvp same old same old the nets are still my pick to win the championship at least for the next month or so um need a big now for yeah t but 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 again if you get a big for what at what cost if you can get a big uh, just off the off the off the streets and say help us finish the year cool but at what cost bro because if you start trading guys you're getting a big to fit into a team that's not even completely put together. Because you don't have LeVert, you don't have Warren. So even if you get Levert back, you still don't have TJ Warren. By the time you get Levert back, he's not going to be in game shape. He's going to be out six to eight weeks. So what do what do you what do you get for him? Or like at what cost do you go get a big? What's it going to do for you? It could push you to the next level in the playoffs, which I'm all for. Don't get me wrong. If if you get a big that can actually help you, I'm an Enos Cantor fan. I don't expect him to make a trade or anything like that. But, you know, that's a guy that I like. But you they need another big. Um, and B, I don't think Capella is in Miles' way as much as Embiid is gonna get there. He's got to be MVP right now, at least in the conversation. You got to put Embiid up there. Vucevic is good, but now you kind of getting into are we talking about records? You got a sub 500 team. So it goes back to the Zach Levine conversation does is 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 Zach Levine great because he's in Chicago or does Zach Levine go ball out on a winning team? The numbers are going to lie to you. So Vucevic is good, but what's the shit doing for him? You sitting at, in a 12th spot right now? No, I won't say nowhere near the playoffs because it's still early. They only five games out of first. So that's how tight the league kind of gets around this time of year. Eventually that's gonna sort itself out. That's gonna show itself. But I don't think Vucevic is in a way. Not for Miles. Miles is doing what no no what no NBA player does. Seems to have gone completely away from, from the traditional center, right? We have one and a half. You got a score rebounder, then you got a rim protector. And he's not just he's not just standing there like Roy Hibbert did with the verticality shit. Miles is going in and, and going across the lane on weak side help. Then turning back around to protect the rim on the other side. He got dunked on last night by Norman Powell. Once learned his lesson, went and beat that shit the second time. Cause he, you're not going to dunk on me twice. Nice try. That shit out of here. So I think it's going to be a conversation around here for a long time. Um, I, I, I think Pacers fans are finally excited to have something to cheer for when it comes to miles. Um, I, I just feel validated. <laughs> like I feel validated in starting this here podcast because I've been on a miles bandwagon since he's been here. The boy needed to just shoot the basketball. I said that for the longest time, miles has got to shoot the basketball. That's where he's comfortable, but nah, y'all want somebody that can get rebound. You want somebody that can get into the post and get some traditional points at what cost that's going to cost you Sabonis buckets Levert buckets when he's back Warren yada 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 so on and so forth nah so NBA like I said trudging along guys getting tired guys um thank you Bill I appreciate that <laughs> guys getting tired injuries starting to happen a little bit COVID is still doing its damage and wreaking havoc um You know, as guys are starting to test positive or at least not even necessarily testing positive, but they're the NBA is heavy on the contract, the contact tracing. So they are pulling guys and pulling teams. If it hits, you know, three of y'all, we just going to sit everybody down and get it out the way right now, which is a smart thing to do, especially since they have the room in the schedule to do it. Um, I like it. So um, real quick, before I wrap up the Facebook portion, thank you all for joining Um, Make sure, yes, Tyler Day will win tonight. I think they're going to bounce back, especially if Lowry and Siakam are still out. I think last night might have been a fluke. Sabonis is going to come out um, like a damn madman, and I think he's going to get a double-double. Brogdon to bounce back and get you maybe 15 or 16. These are guesses. I don't know shit. (laughs) Um, Sabonis with a solid 2010 double-double. Brogdon to get you maybe 15 or 16. Miles is going to hover around 12. Um, and, uh, I think Justin Holiday continues to play well tonight. And I I think the Pacers pull it off. Shout out to spiders for putting what they, man, what Ed does is crazy. And I give them people too much of my money at this point in my life. And I'm perfectly fine with it. Um, we working on, we I'm team number (laughs) nine. I'm team number 94. We working on a team name, but man, it's dope with for those of you who are still here or who are going to listen or who may be wondering what is the spiders draft it is what it says it is spiders is the company it's a draft you sign up i think we signed up for this back in november if i'm not mistaken sign up back in november um you make your payments you pay like 225 250 something like that um you you know you get a package you get your jersey you name on the back of your jersey you name and number um it's, it's crazy. Two jerseys, two shorts. You get this crazy uniform package. Um, I played in Vegas and Nashville last year. This year, I'm, I'm playing PCB right now in April. Uh, probably going to Vegas again. I've already booked my hotel room. Shout out to MGM for the comps there. But you literally sign up, tell them what positions you play. They put your name into a randomizer, buy position, and they draft you. And you meet up with 11 strangers, and you go play softball for a weekend. So – Uh, One of my teammates in Panama City was actually a teammate of mine in Vegas. So shout out to my guy, Tony. My man is a beast. And when I said beast, I don't say that shit lightly. They had me hitting behind him in Vegas, and I was cool today. I was like, oh, we just going to walk him because he was just hitting home runs. That's just stupid. Stupid. So, you know, the level of softball that these dudes play, these dudes and ladies, the ladies, the ladies in in these tournaments, bruh. I'm telling y'all, if y'all a softball fan, sports fan, whatever it is, the ladies bring something, man, to these tournaments that you don't see in your everyday co-ed leagues. Shorties can play. Everybody balls out. All right. So I mentioned before um, Jose Canseco was at the Vegas draft. <laughs> a lot of people wasn't happy with Jose's performance at the draft uh, or at the Vegas tournament. But it was cool to watch Jose Conseco play softball he just had a bad tournament i thought the shit was funny um but man like man the, the level of player r- literally ranges from some top notch cat second step up there swing the bat put the ball over the fence every time with their eyes closed to a guy like mew who's somewhat of a recreational player still kind of getting into the into the game a little bit to i watched a girl playing vegas who had never played softball before to to my knowledge um and based on her catching abilities and the fact that she barely was reaching the, the pitcher's mound with her throws, she is not a softball player. So, it, man, eleven strangers, you go get you an Airbnb somewhere, you know, it, and just have a good time. It, I I never thought I would find myself comfortable sleeping at a softball park, which I did in Vegas. Cause I had games. I was tired. I had played one game. We had like an hour and a half, two hour break between games or something like that. And I was like, I'm not leaving, but I'm tired. Playing out West was that heat was crazy. Um, So I just slept. <laughs> set up the park, put my bag down. Ain't nobody going to take your stuff. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, they talk about a family atmosphere. Y'all, if y'all, if any of y'all that are watching this play softball, if you want to play softball, get at me. Cause I, and getting kind of around the city a little bit more after last year, Spiders drafts, the mega drafts, are nuts. They just finished a tournament in Cocoa Beach. Uh, they gave away $12,000 to the winning team. Each player got $1,000. So, and even then, if your team, and man, I could go on forever. I'm excited as hell. Jacked up. I'm ready to go to PCB. And it's crazy because the Spiders drafts happen. And then I got drafted for another much smaller tournament that's going to be here in Bicknell, or Bicknell Indiana, and Washington, Indiana. So that's down at the bottom of the state. Um, so it went from like having nothing to do to having like five tournaments on my schedule already. I got two weekends at Avon, a weekend in Jasonville, a weekend in Bicknell where we'll be playing in Washington. And then um, the Spiders tournament and PCBs are, are, are already on the schedule. So I am ready. I'm gonna suck in these first few weekends, so I, I yeah I'm I'm juiced, I'm juiced. Oh, you played in the championship? Look at that! I'm hoping to get there, man. I had a rough year last year. Nashville, Nashville was fun. I had fun at both Nashville and Vegas. Vegas, we went zero and four, and it's crazy like how your ta- like the talent has to come together. Because I really feel like my Vegas team was talented, like we had ball players. Like outfield, we had guys that could play, you know, like my Thursday night was I was on point. I felt great Thursday night. And we got to the park Friday, man. and It was like I, I didn't it was I felt like I had never played softball before a day in my life. And then we played Sunday in the consolation bracket and I felt fine again. I was scooping at first base. I was playing comfortable. I was loose. Everything was good. Hitting well, fielding well, just we just couldn't win games. Just couldn't win games, so um the the draft element, man, is wild. Because I know some people like playing with people they know, but I love I love the element the the concept of like meeting all these new people and and link. Like I've been, my Facebook group has been going the last few days. My messages has just been crazy because we all just been talking about what position you play, where have you played before, what is this, what is that, where you from, do y'all want to try to play together we we already working on bp sessions for panama city and that ain't till april and i know our team isn't the only one man that's that's the crazy thing is you really have to link up with the people that are on your team and get in that group chat and get to know those people so uh nashville only did you did how, Kenny how you doing did i'm assuming you won nashville cuz we didn't uh like i said vegas we won 0 4 nashville we won a game we st- we struggled in Nashville. But the game that we won, we put up Denver 31, 30 runs. Like it just it clicked. And then the game, our last game, our elimination game, we lost by a run. Um it was pretty tight, but I'm I'm excited. Like I said, I'm I'm going to PCB. I've got Vegas booked, at least my rooms anyway, cuz like I said, MGM was like, "Hey, you got to take a trip next year. We're going to comp your rooms." And I was like, "Well, I can't say no to comp rooms in Vegas like that'd be stupid um okay second so see yeah you got a shit ton of points off of that then but I I'm excited get here April I'm ready to get to the beach I was looking at like deep sea fishing trips today because I ain't never done that I definitely gotta play around the golf while I'm down there um excited to finally get to the draft to the party at Sharkies. um hopefully COVID is is waning and getting its way out of here so we can enjoy ourselves, which we're gonna enjoy ourselves no matter what. But um hopefully we can do that, man, freely without the mask and all that kind of stuff going on. If we have to, then we have to. Rules are rules. Um, and I'm you know, I'm not gonna buck the system, but I'm I'm geeked. I, I talk a lot about this spider self, but I've never talked about it really on the podcast. Um, breaking news for those of you that are still here. Kyle Lowry is playing tonight, Pascal Siakam is out. So I still like the Pacers to win tonight. But uh, damn, 25 was shit. Who that man, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. Congrats. <laughs> Cause we had a girl on our team in Nashville, bro, that would not take a walk. And it ended up really putting us out of the tournament. The game that we should have won that first game, I think Saturday morning, we we should have won that game and she decided not to take the walk while we were rolling man and all of a sudden she fouled what she do she fouled hit a foul ball and then she flew out to left field and that was she could hit but it was like man get on base load the bases up you got to hit her behind you like we hot right now let's roll with this thing i ain't taking no walk i never forget that shit man it's like just get on base Again, that's the beauty of the draft. You get people that are unselfish. You got people that, you know, don't want to EH. I don't want to EH. Nobody wants to EH all game, every game. So um, figuring out your catch and roll. Like I've rotated with one of my, with Savvy. Shout out to Savvy Lowe. We rotated the catcher so we both could play and have some rhythm and have some fun. Uh, Hey, man, you're going to quit talking about this national championship. (laughs) I actually watched a little bit of it. Um, I did get to watch a little bit of some of the early like some of the morning games before I got up and got going and I just I'm waiting on my turn. I think my ve- my my Vegas my PCB team looks on paper to be decent. Um, So I just I just want to win some games. I just want to win some games. I want to be tired. I want my body to hurt and ache a little bit. You know, I want to have to make some strategic moves and have some different stuff coming. I want to play. I want to play. So. We'll see what happens, man. But I'm I'm excited. I'm sure they are probably talking about stuff right now in, in the group, in the group message. Um, the group chat that's going on. Yeah, they're talking about team names. I ain't gonna give those away. But we got a few ideas going back and forth. So it's gonna be dope, man. These these folks got some Pinkies cracking bats, the Natty Lighters, um, Beach Bros and Bombshells. Uh one was uh, what was it, Tropic tropic like it's hot instead of drop it like it's hot man this shit is crazy shit is crazy so shout out to ed and the spiders team and all of them they probably ain't gonna see this but um it's gonna be fun man panama city's gonna be fun and i'm ready to change this team 94 to a real team name so thank y'all another successful episode i think i'm gonna edit this thing down chop it screw it every, every year I hope y'all have a great rest of the week. Go Pacers, as always. I appreciate y'all. Have a good week, and I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. So I appreciate y'all, man. Uh, Like I said, make sure y'all like the podcast page, The Ball Is Not Life Podcast. If you can, I want to start interacting on that page more to to try to switch up the Facebook algorithms a little bit. So I'm going to start posting stuff there, sharing it on my personal page. And then at some point I want to start operating on that page. Um, So if you could like the page, share it, it don't cost nothing. I want to eventually do like t-shirts and hats and, you know, giveaways and all of that good stuff. Not for the sake of making money, but I just want to have fun with this thing. All right. So last but not least, spiders draft PCB. We got a team, baby. Y'all hear the crowd clapping. We're going to Panama city in April. In case y'all didn't know. I can't wait, man. I can't wait to get down there and play some softball. This ice is coming down. We got our team. We got drafted um Friday night. They did the, They did a draft uh, and it's crazy. Y'all people sit there on Facebook live for hours and watch them go through a randomizer and just wait till their name is called like it's some sort of like professional drafting.